Hello everyone and first and foremost today I want to take this opportunity to wish you God's blessing uh, over this Christmas time uh, that you will know his grace and you will know his presence and you will know his kindness and his mercy and his love irrespective of your circumstances at the moment. Whenever it comes to uh, Christmas and to this time of the, the year I'm aware of the fact that for some people, it's a time of celebration, and for other people, it's almost the time of the year that they want to avoid because it's been a hard year. There's certain memories that come up. There's, for some people, this, the, the loss of, uh, of a loved one and being alone over Christmas, and so it makes it way, way more difficult. But for me personally, um, as I come to Christmas 2020, this has been a year of learning. Um, it's been a year of, of trying to learn to navigate COVID and all that COVID has brought uh, for all of us. But it's also been a, a year of where I've learned to keep my eyes on what God has been doing despite Corona. Uh, in Matthew's Gospel and uh, chapter 1 verses 18 to 25, there have been some scriptures that God has put on my heart um, as I speak about uh, Christmas and the birth of Christ uh, today. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. And uh, Matthew is describing some of the key events that took place around the birth of Jesus. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. And when the birth of Jesus took place, we, we need to see that as God entering the kind of world that we live in. Not a world of COVID, but, but a world of corrupt leadership, a world of, of great upheaval, a world of, of, of hostility. And God entered the world in Jesus to save us, and to be with us. As Christmas comes around again and, and we look at these words uh, of Matthew today, we, we, want to be, we want to remember that God always keeps his promises. That's one of the things that, that stood out to me as I read through this uh, account of, of Matthew. And Matthew, as he's writing, refers back to a word that was given um, to Ahaz in Isaiah chapter 7. 
And uh, Ahaz was the, the king of the, the, the southern kingdom at that particular point in time. And he was facing uh, a very difficult situation where uh, the king of uh, the northern tribes, Israel as it was called, and the Syrians had formed an alliance against him. And so his temptation was to form an alliance with Assyria. And uh, he felt that forming an alliance with the Assyrians uh, would be a solution uh, to his problem. And in response to that, Isaiah speaks to him and tells him, this is the time that you need to turn to the Lord. This is the time you need to trust in the Lord. And, and that's where that scripture comes from um, that we were reading um, the, where it says the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This was the word that comes from the Lord to Ahaz in that particular uh, situation. And so Isaiah, as he, as he speaks to Ahaz, says to Ahaz, I want you to turn to God in this moment of difficulty. I want you to trust the Lord and put your, your faith in God. And listen to Isaiah chapter 7 in the words of, of, of Isaiah to Ahaz. Yet this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen. In other words, uh, what, what Ahaz was fearing would happen and he, the, the southern kingdom would be overrun by this alliance. He says it will not take place. It will not happen. For the head of Aram is Damascus and the head of Damascus is only resin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Remaliah's son. And here's, here are the words. If you do not stand in your faith, you will not stand at all. If you do not stand in your faith, you will not stand at all. And this is the reality for all of us today, thousands of years later. In all that's happening... We need to keep relying on the Lord, even when it seems impossible, even when things seem to be more difficult than what we could have ever imagined. It's a time to keep relying on the Lord, to keep relying on the promises of God, to keep relying on what God has said to us. Remember the words of the psalmist in Psalm 20 and verse 7, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And that was the temptation that Ahaz was facing in his day to put his trust in chariots and horses. And the psalmist is writing over here, we choose, we choose to put our, our trust uh, in the Lord. And you know, when we fast forward back to the New Testament and, and Matthew's account, this is a very awkward moment in Joseph's life when, when he discovers that Mary's pregnant. And it's God's word, and as God speaks to him, that's the stabilizing factor in his life. In verse 20 and 21 of Matthew chapter 1, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. We just see God's in hand in everything that is happening here. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. 
and as far-fetched as it must have sounded to Joseph, because I can only imagine uh, what that must have sounded like uh, when the angel came and spoke to him, as far-fetched as it sounded, Joseph puts his trust in the, in the Lord, even though what he was saying seemed right out of the park uh, for Joseph. Yet he chooses to put his trust in the Lord and to put his faith in God. And the birth of Jesus for me is another one of those reminders that God always keeps his promises to his people. God kept his promise to Ahaz uh, in the Old Testament. That there was this birth, um, uh, this virgin that gave birth to a child, or, or rather young woman that gave birth to a child. It was a sign that God gave to Ahaz. And, and God will keep his promises to us as well. God will keep his promise when he said there is rest for those who are weary. And I had a sense the other day that many people have come to the end of this year and they are tired and they are weary and they are feeling drained. But we want to remember God's word to us. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will, they will mount up on wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. Or in Matthew uh, chapter 11 and verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God will also keep his promise when he says there is provision for the needy. In Matthew chapter 6, we remember as uh, Jesus is speaking, he says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has trouble enough of its own. God will keep his promises when he says he will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Remember those words penned uh, in John's letter where he says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. And will forgive us our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. God will keep his promise when he says that he will be with us. Where Jesus says he will be with us even to the very end of the age. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 28. Then Jesus came to his disciples and said. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you even to the very end of the age. God is a God who keeps his promises. And I pray and I trust that this Christmas time, this, the birth of Jesus will be a reminder to you that God is a God who keeps his promises. He kept his promise to Ahaz. He kept his promise uh, right in the New Testament as we read the account um, in Matthew's Gospel and chapter 1. But another thing that I've been aware of in going through this passage 
is that the birth of Jesus is a reminder that God is at work in all things and in all circumstances. And I know sometimes that's quite a challenge to get our heads around that. You know, despite um, Isaiah's instruction in that Old Testament passage we were looking at in Isaiah chapter 7, despite Isaiah's instruction to Ahaz to trust God in the face of adversity, he chooses to form an alliance with the Assyrians anyway. He, he, he couldn't bring himself to the place where he, he would trust God and put his faith and trust in God. It just seemed too big and too enormous for him. He wasn't even willing to ask God for a son. When, when the Lord says to him, ask me for a son, whatever that son is, you ask me for a son and I will give it to you. In Isaiah chapter 7, we have that account again. The Lord said to Ahaz, ask the Lord your God for a son, whether in the deepest depths or the highest heights. But as Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. And he gets quite spiritual um, in his response. And you know, sometimes we can get quite spiritual in our response not when we choose not to trust God. And despite Ahaz's unwillingness, God gives him a sign to have faith when he was really, really fearful. And God understood Ahaz's fear in that moment. And that was the whole point of him giving a sign. And that sign would be the birth of this child to a young woman who would be called Emmanuel. That's what, that's what Matthew is recording for us here. And, and God understood his fear. And so God gives him a sign to help him to have faith and to help him to trust. To show him who's really in control of the outcome of events. Isaiah chapter 7, yet this is what the Sovereign Lord says. It will not take place, it will not happen, the thing that you feared. For the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is only resin. I don't know if, you, if you're getting what God is saying to Ahaz over here. He's saying to Ahaz, at the end of the day, the head of Damascus is only a man. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. That's God saying that to him. That's God's word to Ahaz. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Remaliah's son. He's just saying, look, you know, if you want to put it into perspective, he said the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Remaliah's boy. Remember, I am sovereign Lord. We are talking about what men are bragging about, but remember who I am. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And when Mary is told that although she's not yet married, she's going to become pregnant, her question to, uh, at that moment was, how is this going to be since I am a virgin? And God's answer to her is very simply this. This is going to happen through my spirit, by my spirit. I'm involved in what is happening over here. And that was a critical thing uh, for Mary uh, to hear. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 35, the angel answers Mary, says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And, and I've recognized, I've looked back over this year, that when you begin to look very carefully, and with the right perspective, you just discover the hand of God and the way that God has been at work in so many different ways and in so many different things. I was, uh, 
I was speaking to one of the ladies from our church who, who came to South Africa as a refugee in abject poverty. And as she looks back now over the years that have passed by in her current circumstances, she says, John, the only way I can explain where I am today is God has had his hand upon my life. God has been involved in my life. God has been with me. It's the only explanation I can give. And you know, the birth of Jesus reminds us that God is at work in all things. You know, Jesus is born into a very broken world so that through him, people would find healing. People would find forgiveness of sins and a relationship with God. And as I mentioned earlier on, 2020 um, has been one of those years. I've seen what God has been doing despite Corona. And it's because he has been with us through this year. We will see his plans and his purposes for our lives unfolding as we put our trust in him. Can I remind you of that very well-known verse that, that Paul spoke uh, or wrote to uh, the Romans in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. For God is at work in all things for the good of them who love him. And who are called according to his purposes. For God is at work in all things. And sometimes it's really easy to see that and believe it. In other times there is a step of faith we take. Where we say you are sovereign Lord. And I trust you God. That you are involved in the affairs of my life. For my good because I love you. And because you called me to faith in you. But you know then. Uh, Christmas 2020 is also a reminder that faith in God is still a requirement for his people today. Having faith in God is still a requirement uh, for his people today. And when we go back to this account that we've been reading in Matthew's gospel, we see there's, there's quite a contrast between the way Ahaz responds to God when Isaiah says to him, there's going to be the sign that God is going to give to you. And the way in which Joseph responds to what uh, God says to him. When we look at Joseph, and, and Joseph, you can see, is facing a lot of uh, uncertainty and turbulence in his life as he, as he discovers that Mary is pregnant. But the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 20, uh, chapter 1 and verse 24, that when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and she and he gave him the name Jesus. And here is, is, is Joseph in this dilemma, finding this young woman uh, who is, would have still been a teenager that he's pledged to be married to. He, when he discovers she's pregnant, you remember he wanted, to, he wanted to put her away quietly, in a sense divorce her quietly, would have been the terminology we would have used today. And then God comes to speak to him and God reminds him that, that he's at work in the situation. And, and, and you know what Joseph does? He chooses to respond in faith. And you know, that's what it means to have faith in God. It, it means it's talking about the way we choose to respond. It's talking about the choices that you make. And it's talking about the choices that I make. And it needs to be a choice that affects our behavior. It affects our attitudes. It affects our actions. Every aspect of our lives needs to be impacted by the fact that we have faith 
in God even in the days in which we are living. And you know, I see this, this is the pattern that emerges uh, around the birth of Jesus for so many people. You remember there were those, those wise men or the Magi that had come from the East. And, and they've come to bring gifts to Jesus and they've come to worship Jesus. And remember, he's still a small child, very young child. But they've come and they've traveled a long way because they believe God had given them a sign that something very special had happened. And so in their faith, they choose to journey and they choose to bring these, uh, these, these gifts. And they come to worship at the feet of this child because they believed and what they believed made, caused them to, to travel, caused them to find Jesus and caused them to worship him. You'll remember there were shepherds who went to find Jesus after the angel of the Lord had spoken to them. And the shepherds initially were very fearful when the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And then they heard this message about the birth of Messiah. And after they've heard this word, they say to one another, let's go and find this thing that has been spoken about. And so they are moved by faith as they believe the word of God. And then, of course, we've got that wonderful picture of Simeon at the temple, who spent his life, in a sense, waiting to see Jesus. The, this promised Messiah, because God had spoken to him and God had said to him, before you die, you will see this promise of Messiah. And obviously uh, for him, the promise would have been what we were reading earlier on in Isaiah's gospel and chapter seven. And the virgin will give birth to a child and his name will be called Emmanuel, for he is God with us. This is what um, Simeon is waiting for at the temple. You know, the birth of Jesus is a reminder that we are required to speak, to trust God as he speaks to us. Real faith for me always translates into action. And it's something I've been very alert to in my own life. Real faith isn't getting about getting a religious feeling. Um, uh, uh, real faith isn't just about talking to somebody about what God has been saying to me. Real faith is when I am moved to action because I believe what God has said to me. Remember those words of James in chapter 2. What good is it, my brother, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? So suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. And if one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, he has used the example, and then he says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. And, I, and during the course of this year, it's something that's, that's challenged me, even as a pastor, over and over again. Is my faith bringing about a change of behavior and a change of action because I believe what God has said to me? You know, there are times when having faith is easy. And there are times when having faith is much, much more difficult. And I'm sure you can all identify with it. There have been times when it's been very easy to trust God and put our faith in God. But there have been times when, when the challenges have been big and when the way has seemed uncertain and even confusing. And there, in those circumstances, it's much more difficult to have this faith. This faith. You know, during this year, I have seen a miracle unfolding before my eyes. 
in the way that God's people have responded to all of the needs around about them. You know, the the thing that struck me immediately after the lockdown happened is how many people's lives are going to be affected, how many people would be devastated. And we made an appeal to, to our church and said, would you rise up and would you respond to that? And I've seen a level of generosity that's been humbling. And that's been amazing. And the only way I can describe what's happened is to say God has been at work in people's lives. And it's been a great reminder to me that we are a people of faith, that God is with us. And the birth of Jesus has impacted so, so many of us. And I share this message with you because we're not through Corona yet. There's still challenges that lie ahead of us. We still need an economic recovery. We still need political stability. There's so many things that we still need. And I think some some people are quite fearful of the future and quite fearful of what's going to happen during the course of next year. But may I remind you, this Christmas, as we focus on the birth of Jesus, that God is a God who keeps his promises. He made a promise 700 years before the birth of Jesus, and it's perfectly fulfilled according to that promise, that God is a God who is at work in all things. And it takes faith to believe that God is at work in all of those things. Sometimes you'll see it, sometimes you're going to have to just trust that God is at work because God's word tells us that. And remember that it's still important and still a requirement even today in the 21st century that we live by faith, that we still put our faith and trust in God. I'm reminded again of the word of the psalmist, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And so may God strengthen you for the year that lies ahead. May may your focus and my focus be intentionally on the birth of this child. As we remember the birth of Jesus is the hand of God. Is God entering our world so that he would be with us. And so that he could save us. And that he could rescue us. And so let as we close off, may I just pray for you. Father, I just thank you again for a reminder that we all need. As we, as we reflect back on the fact that over 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born into a world in many senses just like ours. And Lord, to be reminded again that, Lord, you always keep your promises. And that to me is an amazing thing, Lord, through thick and thin, that you keep your promises to your people. Lord, it reminds us of the way that you you are involved in our lives, that you are at work in all things for the good of them who love you. And Father, that's a profound word to each one of us today. And Lord, I pray that we may have grace to trust you in the year that lies ahead. Grace to trust you in what unfolds in our lives. Lord, for each one of us, give us the grace to keep trusting you, to keep focusing on you, to go the distance and to have patience. And so, Father, I pray now the blessing of God over your people. May you bless your people. May you keep your people. May you cause your face to shine upon them. And Lord, will you be gracious to them in Jesus' name. Amen.